Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. My name is Robbie Cook. I have a new cookbook out called The Complete Guide to Sushi and Sashimi. As you write in The Complete Guide to Sushi and Sashimi, making sushi is deceptively simple. After all, it's just rice, vinegar, seaweed, and raw fish. Before we get into how home cooks can do sushi in their own kitchens, give us a little sushi history. Sushi started back in days in Tokyo um, when people used rice to actually ferment and uh, preserve fish. Um, They then discarded the rice and only ate the fish. Um, As it progressed on, uh, people started eating the rice with the the fish on top. And then it moved into quick uh, nigiri pieces in like stalls in Tokyo. And then just gradually developed on from there. How did they do the nigiri in stalls if they didn't have any refrigeration? That, That was why they used the rice for fermented at first. And then they would just use the, the fish that was caught that day, and then discard the rest of the product. Nobody used the fatty tuna. They thought it was, oh, you know, this is a terrible cut of fish, you know, the fatty belly, because it would go bad so quickly. Then now it's one of the most popular pieces of, of sushi out there. So 75% of making sushi is preparation. What does that entail? That's true. Um, you know, having your rice set up, um, the fish filleted or purchased, like the amounts that you want, Having all your ingredients, whether it be you know cucumber, scallion, avocado, just having your meats and plus, your area, your cutting board, um, all set up and ready to go. You have six pages dedicated to knives. If we could only get one knife, what would you recommend? It's called a sujuhiki, which is like a thin slicer, or it could also be a chef's knife if you can't find it. A little bit thinner, thinner blade chef's knife. Um, really like the workhorse you can do pretty much anything with it fillet slice cut rolls to you know chopping scallions or any of that stuff sushi chefs spend years mastering rice even before they cut fish would you say rice is the most important ingredient in making sushi true it it does make it or break it you know if you go into a sushi restaurant um rice is overcooked and mushy the experience isn't going to be so well or if it's under season, the, the flavors aren't really going to pop. Um, you really want to have a nice, like, kind of al dente-ish and seasoned properly. Each piece of sushi requires a different dipping technique. Can you describe some of those techniques? Uh, like sushi, sushi pieces with the fish on top, you want to flip the fish over into the soy sauce so you're not setting the rice into the soy, which falls apart and you can't eat it all in one bite. Um, sashimi, you just want to dip a little bit, you know, adding wasabi to the, to the fish, not directly into the soy sauce and then lightly dip. You don't want to like soak the entire piece of fish in there cause you're going to overwhelm the, the, the flavors of the fish. Um, for rolls like maki sushi, you just want to like dip like the edge of the corner, try not to set like the whole piece of rice or the whole piece of maki into the soy sauce. Let's see, hand rolls, you can either like. Maybe just pour just a slight touch on the top or like dip the corner as you go while you're eating it. When you put on wasabi, should you put it on top of the fish or between the fish and the rice? 
Well, if you're making it at home, you should put a little dab in between each of rice and fish. That's what the sous chef does at the restaurant. So when we're working, you know, like fatty tuna or, or like fatty salmon, you're going to add more wasabi to the piece because um, the wasabi will help like balance the fat content. If you're using like a lean white fish like fluke or snapper, maybe a little bit less wasabi. If you want to add more, like taste first and then add to the top of the fish. You are the executive sushi chef at Morimoto here in New York City, which is off the charts impressive. That's Tell true. us about your inspiration, influences, and training. My training, I went to sushi school in California. That used to be um, sushi, uh, California Sushi Academy. I'm not sure if it's still around anymore. I heard it like closed and came back. After that, I moved to New York, went to the Institute of Culinary Education, but have was always been kind of influenced by like Japanese cooking and interested in Japanese cooking. So I always stuck um, working in sushi bars all around New York and then finally linked up with uh, Chef Morimoto around 2005. When was the first time you realized that you wanted to work with sushi? When I was going to college, um, I kind of always worked in grocery stores growing up through high school. I worked at an organic uh, co-op, so it was very nice, like meeting the farmers and really like seeing where your food com- comes from and like the beauty of it, and just kind of got into making sushi on my own. Like Iron Chef was getting popular at that time, like two two thousand ninety nine two thousand, and started making sushi on my own and really loved it. Um, and decided to switch from college into col- the culinary world and kind of been at it hard for ever since. It seems like you are way ahead of your time, <laughs> right? You know, I don't know, white guy from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> like the creativity and artistic expression of like sushi and Japanese cuisine kind of really drew me in. What'd your parents think? Oh, I probably thought I was crazy for a while, but I kind of had this plan. You know, I, you know, my good friends were here in New York. I was like, I'm going to go to LA or Venice, go to the school. Then I'm going to go move here to New York culinary and they're like all right you know you got the plan we're gonna help you out so very thankful for that after watching Jiro dreams of sushi i became interested in how fish is sourced can you talk a little bit about the process of sourcing yeah uh very very fortunate at morimoto um we kind of have our own company at the tsukiji market not really our own company but you know they work for us directly um so they go out and source and buy uh like a couple times a week for us, which is very nice. So I can request like anything I like and they give me updates of like new fish, seasonal fish. We always have, um, try to work in season, you know, not to overfish. Um, so we switch our menu quite frequently with seasonal fish. As far as local stuff, it's always great. You know, the fluke and all the clams East coast is great. Um, we have another purveyor here out of Jersey and they do great stuff as well. So kind of keep me informed of new stuff and what's happening in the fish world. So Saturday night for dinner, I made sushi in my tiny New York City kitchen for the very first time, thanks to your book. I saw that. It looked pretty (laughs) solid. You know what? Your step-by-step instructions with the photos helped me out so much. I don't think I could have done it without the instructions and the photos. Great, yeah, great to hear. We, we're really liking the book, and and the 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 amount of photos are great that really explain um, in detail 
And I actually got my uh, fish at the lobster place in Chelsea Market right near you. Yeah, lobster place is great. They really did that renovation and uh, expanded, and the place looks great. And they were really helpful. I said, look, this is the first time I'm doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And they laughed. So what's the difference between sushi grade and regular fish? You know, I mean, it's just a term these days. You can pretty much eat anything raw if you want to. Sushi grade, you know, they just try to use like more like uh, probably like Japanese terms with like hamachi or yellowtail, tuna, whitefish, and salmon. Salmon, you know, you don't want to eat directly off the shelf. They should be, if you're saying sashimi grade, it should be frozen for at least like 48 hours um, to kill any parasites. But other wild fish, you should be pretty much good to go. I can't let you go without talking about one place where you eat on your day off. And it happens to be one of my favorite places in New York City. It's Luke's Lobster. Yeah, I love those guys. I am obsessed with them. I feel like they have the best lobster roll in the city because it's simple. Yeah, me too. Me too. Nothing crazy about it. The lobster, I've never had like a, a fishy or a funky roll there. Maybe a shell or two, but it's always, always solid. Where can we find you on the web? Twitter is TunaFace. Instagram is TunaFace, F-A-S-E. You have demystified sushi for home cooks. Thanks so much for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you very much. Practice and keep practicing. (laughs) Will do.